How can you reconcile fans of the two most different kinds of games? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week's show is about expanding horizons for fans of two kinds of games, party games and strategy games. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. With me this week are St. Stella. Hello. And Nick Rivers. Hello there. So, there is a bit of a civil war within the whole board game playing and loving sort of realm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know that Stella and Nick adore each other, in fact. But we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to pretend that you hate each other. P- pretend. pretend. It'll Let's be, pretend. It'll be easy. Don't worry. <laughs> Stella, what are some of the problems that party game fans might have with strategy games? Because, strangely enough, a lot of people hanging out in front of the party game shelf when I ask what sort of stuff they like, they, they might actually come right out and say, we don't want a strategy game. Why would somebody say something like that? For me, the perce- okay, this is all perception. But basically, for me, you think strategy and you think you're just playing your own game. You're in your head. You're making your moves. You're not actually playing with your friends. To me, I come out, I want to play a party game because I want to hang out with my friends. I want to do things with them. I want to be able to talk to them, play with them, interact. Let's use that word again. Sure. With them. Um, and with strategy, you're... To me, the perception is that you're looking at the board, you're planning your moves, and that's that. And it doesn't really matter who you're playing with. You could be playing with a stranger. You're not playing with somebody. To me, they also could move, like, the perception is strategy moves so slow. You're sitting there for ever, waiting for everybody to make their move around the table. You get your 10 seconds to make your move, and that's it. That's, to me, again, using the word fun, that's not fun. Strangely enough, this actually reminds <laughs> me of uh, when we did that thing about the, the divide between Euro gamers and Ameritrash, or Ameritrash if you prefer, game players. The, what, you're, what you're saying is basically the way the American style of game lovers feel about Euro games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, th- things like you, you don't have to sit there and think about math or think about numbers or you want to be enjoying your time. And I don't want to be one of these people who thinks that thinking is not fun. Thinking is fun, but to me... Um, playing is more fun than sitting there and thinking through things. I don't want to, oh, the whole, the whole, I'm, I'm here to beat you. I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. That kind of gets tiresome to me sometimes when I'm out to just have fun with my friends. I want to play. I don't want to battle and fight. Party Um, games tend to have a sort of lower emotional stakes in a lot of ways. Definitely. Um, And, you know, the teach generally, sitting there and learning a game for 20 minutes when I'd really like to just get down and start doing it. I bet you would. (laughs) You know me. Family show, family show, guys. Come on. Okay, Nick, what are some of the reasons why more serious game players, can you hear the quotation marks, uh, don't care for party games? And again, you can be mean and snobbish and elitist Mm -hmm. here. That's fine. Let's air all these ugly thoughts before we deconstruct them. To me, it sounds like Stella's equating gaming or games to something like bowling. Like You can just go do it. or It's like a pastime. Whereas for me, gaming is like a... A passion of mine, and I love crushing people. And with, <laughs> with my, it's in my personality, and with with my board game group, especially, we we will play like those big three hour investment games, and we will try to like we try to figure out their strategy last time and try to predict them, and like it's good for that replayability. Um, and like we even have tournaments of the same game over and over again to just try to one up each other, kind of thing like that. That's that's what I look for in games, and I think that's what strategy games are about, and that's what I'm going for. And this is something you don't really get from party games. I no, guess. it's kind of just like a bunch of people sitting around and being silly, and it's satisfaction you take home from it. Like if there's this one game that you just haven't been able to beat someone at, and then you you spend that three hours and you came out on top because your strategy was the best, or you played made some big power move to take the win away from the guy who always wins, like that's 
really satisfying to me. And I can't wait to try it again and see if I can stay on top like the whole time. One of the other criticisms that I've uh, seen leveled against party games, and one which I have actually been guilty of saying from time to time as well, is that all party games wind up feeling the same hmm. after a while. They, uh, there's basically, well, there's two party games. There's the Guess the Word game which is taboo and charades and any other game where you've got a word and people have to try and guess what it is. And then there's who did what games, which is these are the descendants of Balderdash, uh, games where everybody does a thing and you try to guess who did what or pick mm-hmm. a thing like in Cards Against Humanity or something like that. One of the things that, uh, that people who are into strategy games tend to, the, we talked about the cult of the new a little while ago, novelty is a huge thing for a lot of us. And so as a result, we tend to be sometimes a little bit put off by these. So surely there must be a way to bridge the gap. The uh, Most strategy game players pride themselves on their rationality, their sense of reason, and I'm sure that uh, that we can appeal to that in this. What? Uh, how can we introduce these serious strategy types to the fun and enjoyment of letting their hair down and getting silly with a party game? I mean, my last game night, we had eight people, so we just played party games. We had an awesome time with it. We played Say Anything, we played Telestrations, we played One Night Werewolf. It's good stuff. What uh, what do you bring out to a group of these ice water veined tactician sorts to show them what they're missing? To me, I think uh, that you have to like step back for a second and think about the in a way about the semantics of it. You have to remember when you're when you're coming out, you are going to play a game, and I think people still need to value that sense of play. And I think that as, especially as adults, we we kind of lose that. And I think it's super important for adults to play. And I think a lot of that is lost in super serious strategy games because a lot of that you're still just in your head. Um, and and you've lost that sense of like having a giggle, you know. Or... The seriousness of it can do a lot. Like think of beauty pageant moms, right? Right. You know, sort of forcing. I'm also one of those. Oh, well, okay, there we go. <laughs> If, if, if you're sort of forced into something in a grim sort of death march, uh, it can really sort of squeeze the fun out of it. Um, so yeah, the value of play. So we, I guess we can get into some more competitive-ish sort of games that have some of that lightness. Something like, I guess, Cash and Guns. Yeah, or The Resistance. Or right. Or Coup. Or things like that where there's still strategy. Even Love Letters that I know you like. I love that one, yeah. um, There's definitely still that sense of play and that sense of having a one over on somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still, and you can still have a strategy on how to do it, but it's still play. It's still like, you know, taking the guff out of someone and tricking them and um, things like Avalon where you can like negotiate and lie and have that laugh at the end and that, oh, but it's still using your brain and still using a strategy, but still having that sense of fun and play. More interaction seems to be really the key here, but being more involved with what the other players are doing and less involved with the game state. Mm -hmm. Uh, Negotiation games seem to be a really good sort of uh, medium to sort of bring this in. I I would agree with that. Avalon is my all-time favorite game as well and i still love those deep like long strategy games but i will always play an avalon and there's not too much strategy to it it's more like acting trying to just confuse people and there's not there's no like uh, dice or big big parts to the game but it still has a lot of depth to it and is it all that big a step from there to something like say anything where it's about convincing people that, that your answer to a particular question is the one that they want or getting inside the other players heads and figuring out what they're going to pick as long as a party game would have some way that me and my cutthroat personality could shine <laughs> through to, to get a victory or to win on my team or whatever the, the win condition is as long as i could still use my personality and the, the way I am to to play the game, then I'm, I'm all for it. And I'll try anything, pretty much. You'll say anything? Mm, sure. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Okay, we put the shoe on the other foot. Um, actually, this one's a little bit weird because, Stella, you actually like strategy games. Yes. But that wasn't always the case. True. And uh, you mentioned uh, before Lords of Waterdeep being one of those sort of games that sort of brought you over and made you realize, oh, strategy games can be like this. Yes. Why do you think that was? Why, why, why would Lords of Waterdeep have been something that would, uh, that would bring somebody across to that way of seeing things? I'm not too sure about that, specifically about Lords of Waterdeep, but... What, what do you, what do you, fill us in then. What? Yeah. I, I feel like I, it, there was a little bit of an aha moment. Previous to that, I had only really played Catan because I think that's where almost everybody starts. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember coming into Snakes and a Guru, and I don't it might have even been you, I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, you or Steve, probably. And I was like, I've played Catan. I'm willing to go like slightly deeper. You know, I was still kind of wary of like, I don't want to play a three-hour game of Risk type thing. I was still had that wall up, you know? Um, so they were like, well, do, like, what do you like? And I was like, I like things with characters. I like a sense of like getting involved in a world or in a character and a whatever. Because I like stuff like that. I like this a sense of pretend and play. Mm-hmm. So somebody brought me that. And I, I think it was a, a small leap, but a, a big enough leap to, to kind of win me over and be like, okay, so I can play these epic games as long as there's something still in there that's not just... There's something about Risk that, like, I'll probably never play a game of Risk again because you're looking at a map, you're rolling dice. I hope you won't. <laughs> to me, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't do it to me. But when you can sort of... There's, you know, eight different choices of what you can do on a turn and you can move here and you could be this character and you could collect this or maybe you could go about it this way. That creativity and that sense of, of real play, I think, ha- like, won me over. It sounds like you like theme, too. Yeah. Like, a lot of theme yeah. to a game. I guess the more abstract something is, mm-hmm. the harder it is to, uh, for somebody who comes from a sort of a party game background to really get into it because it is so abstract. They have, mm-hmm. to, they have to master all of these systems and all these ideas strictly for the purpose of mastering the ideas and the systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you attach a story to it, a narrative of some kind, mm-hmm. where you can have, have – it gives you a greater sense of agency. Mm-hmm. So I think um, – yeah, definitely the theme. And uh, I think to bring someone over that way who is willing to try games that are a bit longer or heavier like that would be something like Battlestar Galactica, which is also my other all-time favorite game. Sure. It, like, maybe more um, semi-cooperative games would be that way because in party games, there's still, like, the large group sitting around at the table. You work together as a team. In Battlestar, you definitely do that. But there's people that are going to be actively going against the group. And I think you would really like the theme of keeping the, sh- the ship alive and keeping it going and maybe being one of the traitors that are trying to actually ruin it all. And there's that play and that acting involved, just like with an Avalon. And those are heavier, long strategy games that I think people would get into. Whereas just mastering a mechanic with a themeless game would something that you would lose interest in, such as yeah. Carcassonne, which I know you don't like. Yeah. There's not too much theme to that. The mechanics are nice, but it's you lose it. You lose interest really quickly. Reminds me too of Dead of Winter, which we had in the game Spotlight mm-hmm. not that long ago. A complex, challenging, difficult game, Very which much. I have seen work wonders as far as narrative because there's so many fans of things like The Walking Dead and mm-hmm. so on that you, you get into that post-apocalyptic, frozen zombie world and you that, that board makes you feel cold. They did a, a beautiful job of really making sure everyone is captured completely into the story and... The, the colony and those crossroads cards and getting you right in theme. Like there's a lot, there's maybe on each person's turn, you might have 30 seconds of someone reading something to you, which is just pure narrative. Yeah, there's choices and it affects the game, but it's also just taking a step back from the all the rules that you just sat there learning and really immersing yourself in the game. It's not quite uh, the same level of Tales of the Arabian Nights, but uh, it, it's, it's like that, but with more 
of the game type stuff that the strategy gamers tend to enjoy a lot. Mm -hmm. I guess the common element in both of these is avoiding boredom. Mm -hmm. For the most part, party gamers get bored if things slow down. They want action. They want involvement. Bright colors. <laughs> sure. sure. That's, if, if, if that's what it comes down to. But mm -hmm. it does. Yeah. Strategy gamers want challenge. You know, if, if, if they're presented with a situation where what they do doesn't matter and uh, it's just, oh, well, I guess I'll do this because it's kind of obvious, then they're going to get bored. So the way, the way to bridge the gap then is to make sure that the game keeps moving, keeps providing a sense of caring for both types. Mm -hmm. hmm. For me, um, cooperative games also blew my mind. Yeah. That brought me in so hard. I had no idea that that was a thing. I was like, <laughs> oh, we don't have to sit here and play against each other. We can play together and ask each other what we're going to do and make it like, we're on a team. Let's beat that. Like, let's that's beat something this that's been part phone. of party games for ages, yeah. too. Fans right. of Cranium and Taboo, those are all team games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And doing that as a as a more like heavy game, like right after Waterdeep, I think the next game uh, that I learned was Pandemic. It blew my mind. I was like, we can play as a team mm -hmm. against a game. Boo! Mind blown. It even was for, awesome. for me, growing up playing a lot more stick to yourself, hardcore rules, strategy games, I've moved over, and the the past I think five games I bought have all been cooperative. Um, XCOM is my new favorite one with that. Oh. Like, uh, I just I do really love cooperative <laughs> games that still have a lot of meat on them, or like a bunch of like a lot of rules that you can still really get into and master, and it keeps your attention going the whole time. Um, but cooperative and semi-cooperative more so is my, is my go-to. Seems like we found some common ground here, folks. Mm. Well done. All right, that wraps it up for this week. Nick, Stella, thanks for coming on the show with me. Cheers. It was awesome. If there is a topic you'd like to hear about on the show, tweet it to us at SnakesCast, poke us on Facebook, or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. We're always curious to know what our listeners are interested in hearing about. The Snakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week. Game on. Game on.